Hello and welcome to Adam and Eve on CGSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton and around the world on CGSR.com. My name is Michelle Dang and I'll be your host for today's episode of Adam and Eve. Thanks for tuning in. Adam and Eve is Edmonton's only feminist news radio show. We are adamant on highlighting, discussing, and engaging with issues that affect women across Edmonton and around the world. On today's episode, we wanted to explore the connection between feminism and tattoos. We're featuring part two of our interview with Pansy Poke Tattoos, as well as a discussion between some Adam and Eve and Gay Wire producers. Pansy Poke Tattoos is a queer-owned and operated tattoo collective located here in Edmonton on White Ave and 107th Street. In our last episode, Aberdeen, Charlie, and Kayla told us about their journeys as tattoo artists and how Pansy Poe came to be. We're starting off today's episode with the second half of that conversation. The artists at Pansy Poke Tattoos tell us about the ways that they are breaking down some of the toxic behaviors that are prevalent in the tattooing industry. Afterwards, we hear a conversation between Adam and Eve producers Rose Eva Forge Jenkins and Luis Cifuentes and Terrence Adams from Gaywire. We're very thankful that we were able to collaborate with Gaywire because our shows have overlapping themes and speak a lot to each other. Terrence tells us about how tattoos have been a way for them to reclaim their body, and we talk about tattoos as a public yet private art form. Stay tuned to hear that great conversation. But first, here's Dean, Charlie, and Kayla from Pansy Poke. Good morning, folks at Pansy Poke. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Um, If we could start off with everybody going around, we will start here and then introducing yourselves, your pronouns. Yeah, I'm Kayla. I go by she, her pronouns. I'm one of the co-owners here at Pansy Poke. Um, I'm Charlie. I do they, he pronouns. And I'm Dean, and I also use they, he pronouns. Uh, what are some toxic behaviors that you've seen at other tattoo studios uh, that you would like to see change? Well, <laughs> there's, there's a few. Uh, I think one of the main ones is this idea that somehow it has uh, come about in our society that tattoo artists are like on this like giant pedestal and they're untouchable and they're like they have total like authority over you which like I don't think at all is the case. I remember when I was like 18, 19 like going into tattoo shops for the first time I was like I am so nervous about what I say to you. I think you're gonna hate me. Like you're so much cooler than me. Like yeah, you're searching oh my for like, their approval. Like yes. you, I will do anything that you say, which can obviously be incredibly <laughs> detrimental. A lot of people have this idea that the power dynamics are like all in that the tattooer has all of the power, which is completely not true at all. I think as a client, you have like just as much, if not more, power over what your experience and what rights you have and what you want from your tattoo artist because they're also like providing you a service. Like you should be like a permanent service. They should have professional customer service skills. They should like be able to 
listen to what you want and need and they should like make you feel like you're just as a part of this as they are like yeah like especially in like stencil placement like that's my favorite example is like when I'm placing the stencil I will remind my client you can replace this it is no big deal this is the temporary tattoo that we put on before like please make sure go stare in the mirror even if it's an inch over like you're not being a bother of a client like this is permanently going on your body but like in the tattooing community it's tattoo artists have created this like kind of like gatekept high pedestal environment where like it's hard to get into as an artist clients feel like they're like underneath the tattoo artist so that creates repercussions like being scared to talk about like moving the stencils speaking up when they need a break being uncomfortable in the situation talking about whether they're given enough privacy during their appointment like if you're getting a sternum tattoo done like do you have enough privacy to remove your shirt do you feel comfortable like that like all in order for the client to feel safe to say those kind of things to you they don't like they have to feel like they're on the same level as you and like not below you and like yeah so they've there's like this sense of like I don't know like hierarchy in the tattooing community and even for us as hand poke artists it was it's kind of like hard because we're almost like invalid in the mm-hmm. in the tattooing community we are like as self-taught artists like we're like scratch artists and like oh well you didn't go through the traditional and usually very toxic apprenticeship that usually takes like three years where you sweep their floor for a year and you don't even get to touch a tattoo machine like people like to say you're basically like they're like shop bitch like you're just like you just sweep the floors do as they say like and you don't even get to tattoo like so we didn't go through that so therefore we're not as valid of a tattoo artist as the people who did go through that which is like messed up like if we have the same it's like we are trained and have been approved by AHS and we are very open about the fact that we are self-taught like hand poke artists or self-taught machine artists and like our clients are still okay with that what why is that any less valid than what you're doing in my opinion that's like yeah. one of the biggest things that is like a red flag for me in the tattooing community mm-hmm. i think like a lot of my clients will say to me like oh but you know best but you're the expert in this so you tell me what you want and i'm like maybe i know tattooing but i don't know you and i don't know what mm-hmm. you need and i don't know what you want out of this so yeah. especially when it comes to things like stencil placement mm-hmm. or the colors that you choose like yeah it might take like five ten minutes to rearrange it now but that's going to be on your body forever yeah i think adding on to what you had said about toxic apprenticeships and the whole trials that people go through just to be fired before they even get paid you know fired before they even touch a tattoo a lot of like red flags to look for when it comes to like a shop level is do they have a high turnover rate of employees why aren't people staying there on a personal artist level, like, do they have their real name listed on their profile? There is literally an epidemic of male tattoo artists abusing young clients. For example, to add on to what Kayla had said, I had these two young girl clients who was telling me, oh yeah, like, I had to get a tattoo on my side. And he said, send a picture without my bra on just to see how it would all look together. Mm. And I'm yeah. like, that's not normal. Yeah, you're so, like, that's okay. not good. <laughs> because the industry is completely unregulated, because it's completely based on bro culture, Absolutely. and because people are allowed to do things like not list their real name on their profile, they're able to completely like skirt accountability when you can just change your name on your page and all of a sudden you're a new person, you know? That almost makes me feel like tattoo artists should be registered, should be trained, yeah. but that's a whole nother like gatekeeping process in itself and that's why it's really interesting like 
the tattoo community is very like self-policing and self-regulating, like but at the same time, it seems like only certain people voice these concerns and only certain people step up when the abuse is so widespread and like every artist I know personally knows so many people that have gone through this, mm-hmm. then why aren't more people speaking up about it? Why does it seem like everyone else just lets it slide? It's no coincidence that it's a completely male-dominated industry, you know? And that's, that is who is allowed to excel because these people are celebrated whether or not they treat their clients like mm-hmm. shit, whether or not they creep on them, they're allowed to excel because, yeah, there is no accountability process and there is no way to even, like, verify claims, you know, um, because people keep things, like, so on the down low. They're able to not have their face on their Instagram profile, so you don't know who, even who you're getting a tattoo from until you arrive and look them in the face, you know? To me, like, that is something that is a huge red flag for me. And I definitely have had great experiences with people with no face and no name on their profile, but I also know several abusive tattoo artists who specifically don't list that information because then they know they can't be found, right? separating their identity from yeah. their like but that also like almost feels like this like hierarchy thing again where it's just like ooh this like cool tattoo artist with like ooh they don't have their they like, picture the of yeah and it's like oh yeah. like you know like their Instagram username you just know them by their tag their tag and then like you come here and it's like oh well they do pristine work so like if you're uncomfortable it's like oh well at least I'm getting tattooed by this like basically famous mm-hmm. person like they have 122k on Instagram like why like oh they obviously know what they're doing and like that goes back into this like pedestal like thing that it's like there's no accountability because like we're held on like a pedestal and it's like don't do that Mm -hmm. we're the same as you (laughs) I think that also like there's been a lot of like positive movements and like contemporary tattooing because like in order to heal that cycle of like abusive guy training an apprentice who learns all this stuff from this old school dude who like abused Mm -hmm. him like he's gonna go on to like continue continue that cycle and that happens with happens with men it happens with queer artists it happens with women who tattoo like but like on the other hand like there's a lot of new resources i know change tattooing on instagram is really good they have like a client bill of rights Tamara Santibanez has like a book about trauma-informed tattooing. There's a lot of shops that are intentionally trying to make that change and like, I don't know, heal within themselves in the industry, which is like really good to see. Good to be a part of and too. Good to be a part of. Mm-hmm. I also quickly remembered uh, that folks who might not know the difference between hand poke versus machine, can we explain that difference? Uh, just so folks know. So hand poke is like basically you're stripping out the electric machine part, I guess, but you're keeping like the tattoo needle and basically everything else. We like and you do it by hand. hand. Yeah. Yeah. And each dot is hand poked. Yeah. Build up the whole design based on little dots. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a very I traditional way of tattooing so like before there was uh, machines and stuff like that we would like cut open cuts shove in some soot from the fire pit and so it's a very traditional means of tattooing but uh basically we hold the same needle that is in a tattoo machine it's the same same premise we just instead of there physically being a machine that vibrates back and forth to poke into the skin we poke 
by hand. So that creates like a little bit of a different aesthetic, but uh, so p- people love it. And like, it can be great for certain things like going over areas that might potentially hurt more with machine. I personally think it causes a lot less trauma on the skin. Heals quicker. Heals way quicker. Yeah. yeah. Like there's no noise too, which is good for people with sensory issues. Like it's just you, me and the sound of my needle yeah. going into your skin, which like is what it is. But yeah, and then machine is like when you think about a tattoo, there's like different styles of machines, but it's mm-hmm. the electric part that vibrates for yeah. you, goes in and out of the skin. I think like outside of like the technical differences for the client, like I find a lot of people who are looking for a more trauma informed or trauma sensitive experience lean towards hand poke because to put it plainly, like it's just the most transparent process. Literally, you can see me putting this in your skin as opposed to with a gun, maybe you can't see like the needle directly going in, you can't feel it, you can't hear it, and the pain is a lot less, there's less abrasion to the skin and it heals quicker. So I feel as though clients feel like they're more in control of the experience. Mm -hmm. Not to say that there isn't people who use a machine that you would feel no pain are very light-handed. Oh yeah. And there's definitely things that you can achieve aesthetically in terms of like, the effect that you want to create that you can do with machine that you can with hand poke and vice versa and even a lot of artists such as k-pokes over here (laughs) are are doing a hybrid where uh, i've even had like tattoos where they'll do the lines with machine then they do stippling with hand poke so it's kind of these different like effects that can be created yeah i find with hand poke i have a lot more control over it like i can feel this is like a little graphic but i can feel how deep i'm going in the skin which like gives me more control over really sensitive areas like thinner skin areas where Whereas like machine, I kind of feel like I don't have as much control, but I definitely, it goes way faster and I can create a lot of effects that I can't with hand pokes. So there's benefits to both. Mm -hmm. And like I do both and I like both. And like, it's really nice to be able to offer a client like both, either or at our shop. So yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for meeting with me today and having this amazing conversation about tattooing. Uh, So for folks who are interested and who want to get tattoos from you and come to the shop, how can they do that? Our shop is located directly on White Ave near 107th Street. In order to book, we don't have a centralized booking system, so you can reach out to the artists you're interested in directly. We have a shop Instagram that's at pansypoke.co. We have an email, uh, pansypokecollective at gmail.com. You can use if you have any questions or you can DM us anytime. All of our Instagrams are on there. My Instagram is kpokes, K-A-Y dot pokes. Yeah, and my Instagram is at hillhandpoke. Um, But yeah, like Charlie said, we do all the booking individually, so it's always best to do a good creep of the artist, see what they want. But we are also here to answer any questions that you might have. Or listen to any feedback or like advice that the community might have. I am at Freak Meets on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. We would love to hear from everybody and stop by at any time. Yes. <laughs> Yay. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You just heard the second part of our interview with the Pansy Poke Tattoo Collective. Next up is a conversation between Terrence from Gaywire and Adam and Eve producers Rose Eva and Luis. They talk about the tattooing industry, their personal experiences with tattoos, and what their tattoos have meant for them. A content warning that there is a brief mention of sexual assault and self-harm. Without further ado, let's take a listen. Hello, Adam and Eve listeners, and thank you for tuning in to our uh, 
Adam and Dave and Gaywire collaboration to talk about tattooing. Um, so I'll introduce myself first. So my name is Rose Eva Forks Jenkins and I use she, her pronouns. Uh, my name is Terrence Adams and I use he, they pronouns. My name is Luis and I use he, him pronouns. So Terrence, uh, so excited to have you as a member of Gaywire collaborating with Adam and Eve. I just think it's really rad to be having this collaboration because we always want to like chat more with the other shows at CJSR, but sometimes it feels compartmentalized. So, so happy to have you here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, our shows definitely have a lot of overlap. So hopefully this is the first collab of many. Yeah, definitely. So as our listeners were previously listening to, we had our uh, episode with Pansy Poke Tattoos. So just wondering what stood out to folks. Something that I really enjoyed about the way that the folks at Pansy Poke see tattooing is the way that it's, it's about reclaiming yourself and reclaiming your autonomy. Because as a queer person, personally, that's something that's very important to me with my tattoos. And also, I, I'm super interested in seeing their shop because it seems like it looks so cozy. And every tattoo shop that I've been in, it has been like nice, but I feel like this is next level. <laughs> yeah, like I'm curious to know like what, in general, I say tattoo shop, like what comes to mind, like Luis and other, like what, you know? Well, I've, I've been only in one tattoo shop in my life. And yeah, it's very kind of, I'll describe it as like bar kind of feeling to it. And yeah, I've seen, I haven't entered the Pansy Poke, but from the outside, it does look very cozy. And uh, yeah, just the decoration looks like, I can go in, put on like, because I've seen like Crocs lying around and like I could just like put on my comfy shoes and go in and just be super cozy there. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's super vulnerable to get tattooed because it, it is a, a piece of art that's going to be on your body permanently. And so I don't know if everyone has this experience, but as I'm getting tattooed, I do have a little bit of anxiety where I'm like, are they going to mess it up? Am I gonna, am I gonna have a horrible mistake on my body permanently? And so being comfortable with your tattoo artist is imperative to avoid having that crippling anxiety while you're in pain having the tattoo being done. I've been extremely fortunate with the tattoo artists that I've had. Uh, they've both been queer and I don't think I would ever get tattooed by an artist who wasn't queer because I don't think I would feel safe and safe enough to allow them to put art on my body. Yeah, for me, I think my tattoo artists have been women and or queer folks. And yeah, I think I would want to stick to women and or queer folks. Yeah, just because I, yeah, that sense of comfort, that sense of vulnerability is definitely like a priority for me, for sure. Yeah, there's, there's a certain kind of intimacy that you share with a tattoo artist that you don't share with anyone else. And so you, you got you to gotta make sure that you find that right fit. And I found with my tattoo artist too, like the conversations that I have are like, they just go super deep, super quick. Yeah, when they were talking about how they, they double as a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the whole process that you mentioned, Terrence, about reclaiming your, your body. And that's a very important, like very important perspective to have. Wow. Like, yeah, you just putting stuff on your body, like take, take, taking ownership over that. That's, 
I would, yeah, I think today is the first time I've heard tattooing as reclaiming uh, your body. That's that's beautiful. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, the process of reclamation and tattooing is super important as a trans person, as a queer person, as just as someone who's been sexually assaulted, uh, someone who used to self harm. All of the all of the sort of things that that they talk about in the interview for, as reasons that people could get tattoos and uh, as a process of reclamation, I've experienced that. So the, my most recent tattoo was a cover-up job on some scars that I had from some previous mental illness difficulties as a teen. And so in my first puberty, I ended up with scars and now uh, second puberty because being transgender, you get to do two puberties, real fun. Then I get to redecorate. So first puberty messed it up, second puberty, I'm just fixing it. And uh, it reminded me, uh, I, I really liked the thing that Kayla said, where tattoos are decorating the walls of the house you're gonna live in for the rest of your life. Because I wrecked those freaking walls when I was young and stupid. So now I have money and I can make them pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really love, yeah, that way of looking at tattoos. That's such a beautiful way of looking at it. And also like how um, you could really, in the interview, you could really hear their enthusiasm. Like I'm, they're the kind of people who would be, I'm sure just like so happy to help someone go through that experience. And even when I was lucky enough to get tattooed by Kayla before the interview, uh, not right before the interview, but like a week before. And it was so nice just because Kayla's enthusiasm, she was like, I'm so excited to tattoo you. And that's what I want to hear from my tattoo artist. I want a tattoo artist who's excited to tattoo me. Yeah. Hearing all of those, I, I would absolutely get tattooed by any one of those artists because I, I even just hearing them talk about tattooing, they seem so genuine and wonderful. And I just want to get more tattoos. My first tattoo as well. Uh, it was interesting the way that tattoo artist described it because that was like a huge tattoo. That was, that took 12 hours in total. And so the sessions were like seven hour sessions. And at the end, uh, my tattoo artist was like, yeah, it's basically like an open wound on your body. So make sure you take care of it. And you, you know, like really make sure that you're like letting your body like rest to like your body just went through like a very traumatic event. So take that time to rest. Yeah my tattooers had to remind me that I'm allowed to take breaks because it is a painful process and that just because you're doing it and yes you're you're paying by the hour but it's not so much more than just a service that you're paying for it is a, an artistic like experience and a, and a somewhat spiritual experience to an extent if you include all the reclamation stuff and there's a lot of emotions and then there's also the physical pain because there is the stabbing and it does hurt. So there, there's a lot going on. And, and then you end up talking to your tattoo artist and you're talking about all your deepest, darkest secrets. Cause they're just coming out. Cause something about that, something about the, the room, something about the vibes. So you, you do, you do have to, you have to rest because your, your body's going through a lot and it doesn't seem like it at the time but I don't know, it always, it always hits me after. Yeah, yeah, it almost reminds me of like, seems very unrelated, but it's like, you know, like traveling or going to the airport, it's like this time where 
you can't do anything else and you're like stuck in one space, you know, or like flipping a plane, yes. like you're have this dedicated time to just like sit with your thoughts and there's nothing else you really can do. You can't distract yourself. So it's kind of like, I like those moments where it's like, you have to be like very, I don't know, very present, I guess. I do really like your comparison to the airport because that that is an exact vibe match. Mm. it's almost like the the person that you're the person that you talk to next to on the plane you're like I'm never gonna see you again might as well just tell you everything because like whatever yeah except then you have like this connection to them afterwards yeah because they spent hours putting art on your body and it's there for the rest of your life mm -hmm. I've been trying to work on a Kind of like a comparison analogy of like that stuff that you guys that you say about uh like reclamation of of the body or stuff like that i was thinking like that's because i've never received like a, a tattoo but i can think of graffiti like taking public spaces or private spaces and turning them public with this uh, like graffiti art is taking like reclamation of, of of land or places i don't know i've never thought of that one that way that's very that's very powerful yeah, yeah, I, I think it is similar to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's also interesting in like public art is like the artist isn't there anymore. So it's like you look at it and you wonder, but there's not you're not in dialogue with the artist because you don't know who it is unless they like choose to. But like usually you don't know who it is. But then it's like the opposite with tattoo where like some people are like don't ask me about tattoos. I don't want to talk about it. Um, some people do want you to ask about their tattoos. So it's like that difference of like, you know, whether people want to have that conversation or not. Yeah. I, I think the, the, the thing that, that really got me wanting tattoos as a, as a youth uh, was seeing a Tumblr post that said, uh, my body is a temple. And so I will decorate my temple in the way that honors it best. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll do that. And then I started drawing on myself with pen and I drew this on myself like every day for four years. And then I got it tattooed. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. And it's a little- Yeah. Four yeah, it's a bunch of little, little planets on my forearm. I love it. Yeah, that kind of like the permanence of tattoos kind of freaked me out. That's why I didn't get tattoos for a very long time. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that I did because now that I'm older, I think I'm in a space where I'm really like able to get tattoos just for myself. And I thought about this the other day too, because I was showing like just pictures of my tattoos because mine are on my thighs. So like not, it's, I like that because it's also like a choice for me of like whether people can see them or not. It's like a very deliberate choice of like, if I wear shorts, I want to talk about it and I want people to ask me. And if I wear long pants, then no one can see them and it's just for me. And like, uh, so it's showing pictures of my tattoos to someone and they were like, ooh, sexy. And I was like, that literally never occurred to me. Like my tattoos are not to like look attractive to other people. They're literally just for me. I, I wouldn't consider my tattoos sexy, but I, cause I also have one on my thigh, but cause, but I guess the placement, maybe. It's weird being perceived. 
exactly just being perceived in general and all that um oh yeah but i remember what i where i was going with the original thing too um yeah so the permanence of tattoos scared me because i was like oh no it's going to be there forever what if i choose something that like i don't like or i change my mind about or blah 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 but so that's why i like the concept of flash so flash art being like usually when you go on a tattoo artist page um they have their flash posted and they're like highlights uh, on Instagram and then just going through artists flash that's kind of what got me into tattoos because I was like oh I have art that's on my walls why wouldn't I have that art on my body like it doesn't need to be like my art that's like personal to me it can just be like art that I think is cool so I want it I was I was again concerned about the permanence uh likewise because like what what if you mess up and you choose the wrong thing but again it if you like it I should be able to I should I should be able to put it on my body if I like it. And um, if later I I grow to not enjoy the tattoos that I have, both of them are incredibly meaningful and positive and were put on my body with positive intention. And so they're just pieces of my history that I will happily carry. And so I don't think that I'll ever really hate them, even if I think they look ugly. That brings us to the end of this week's episode of Adam and Eve, Edmonton's only feminist news program. We produce this week's show in the studios of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, on Treaty 6 territory. We are grateful to be in the traditional territory of the diverse Indigenous peoples of this land. We recognize that colonialism is ongoing and violent, and we encourage you to reflect on your own relationship further and ask what accountability would look like here in practice for yourself, the communities you are a part of, and the larger systems that shape our daily access and opportunities. Thanks again to our contributors for this episode, Charlie, Kayla, and Aberdeen at Pansy Poke, Terrence from Gaywire, and Adam and Eve producers Luis and Rosiva. You can find out more about Pansy Poke by visiting them on Instagram at pansypoke.co or by visiting them at their shop located at 10760B 82nd Avenue. Adam and Eve is a spoken word project of CGSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta, and our journalism is funded by you, the listeners. For more information on our program and to send us any feedback, please contact us on our Facebook page under Adam and Eve. We're always looking for more volunteers to help out, so if you're interested in learning any aspect of radio production, just get in touch. Thank you very much for tuning in. I've been your host, Michelle Dang. Have an Adam and Evening.